She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 94 with Christy Ross. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hi, friends, and welcome to our first Tech Talk Thursday for She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm so excited for this episode to launch. Um, Life has been absolutely crazy lately. Actually, currently I'm recording this intro in uh, my car inside, not inside, but uh, I'm actually in Iowa City for a speaking gig that I will be doing tomorrow when this launches. And I almost, like truth be told, I almost forgot as excited as I am and was about Tech Talk Thursdays. It's I'm so not in the flow quite yet doing the Tech Talk Thursdays, but as anything goes, um, that is expected. But nonetheless, I'm still super stoked that we are launching now two episodes every week. And this episode is no different from any Monday episode, which I know you guys are going to love. Today on our first Tech Talk Thursday, we are sitting down with Christy Ross, who is the co-CEO and president of Tasty Trade and the online financial network Doe. So definitely prepare to be in the best financial fitness shape of your life with Christie's finance resources and killer confidence advice. So a few things that you guys are going to hear and learn in this episode that I'm so excited about is learn how to combine content and technology to make your product service or message more powerful. Also, we're going to hear the inside scoop from Christy about how to build a female voice in a male-dominated industry. Also, identify your method that helps you get through the day. So coming up next is do what you love and love what you do with Christy Ross. Tell, tell us, tell our listeners, exactly like high level your career path that you've had since you entered the, the working world and where you're at now. Yeah, sure. Um, so... I, I actually started out in accounting, which is so not interesting, <laughs> but, I, uh, but it's, but there's sort of some reason and rationale of why I entered, um, the accounting space. Cause not knowing exactly what you want to do, uh, getting out of school, it, it was sort of the easiest path. It was something I was good at and, and I wanted to be around finance and numbers and, um, so I, I looked at that as an opportunity to sort of get exposure to a number of different types of companies. And so jumping into the public accounting world, um, I got lucky and one of the, uh, group of types of companies I got to work on were traders and, and brokerage firms and advisors and, um, regulated trading entities, um, in the financial markets. So, uh, in a very short amount of time, I realized that that's where I needed to be. That's where, you know, all the action was. And I, I got, I, I would have an opportunity to, 
apply not only my um, finance background, but of course, uh, accounting. So I entered not on the trading side um, down the road. So a handful of years later, I ended up sort of making the leap um, and ended up uh, as a CFO of a stock specialist firm on the Chicago Stock Exchange floor, and then later became a CFO of an online brokerage firm. Um, and uh, and now a co-CEO uh, and president and co-founder of Tasty Trade and Dough. Uh, and so we um, sort of the, the background, though, and, and that maneuvering through, uh, again, sort of getting that exposure to a lot of different companies was fantastic for me. And I have been through... Um, almost 20 mergers and acquisitions and capital raises collectively oh over the course of my career. And I think that, it, you know, that is something that I've um, probably also gained uh, just a lot of experience that I think just sticking with one type of company um, might not have gotten me there. So, um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at today in, in a little bit of my history. Yeah. So tell us um, a little bit about the companies that you are currently involved with today? Sure. Uh, so I'll go back. Um, I'll go back one. Um, I'll go back one company, meaning uh, with being the CFO of Thinkorswim uh, during the time that I was there, which was just about six years. We went through six mergers and acquisitions uh, during that time frame. The last one being TD Ameritrade bought us out uh, for three quarters of a billion dollars. And we helped transition um, Thinkorswim to TD Ameritrade uh, over the course of uh, over the course of a year or two. And uh, the one of the founders of uh, Thinkorswim, I was the CFO there. Um, Tom Sosnoff was one of the founders and he he is sort of the next you know chapter of our lives. He had wanted to do something to make um, finance fun. And uh, so he started talking about uh, doing uh, an online show. And basically we're like, okay, let's do it. And I jumped in and we, I guess this was almost six years ago, um, five and a half years ago, uh, launched Tasty Trade, uh, which is an online financial network. And we produce over eight hours of live programming every day, incredible. talking about the financial markets and, and making it fun and actionable. And we do like 40 different shows um, and have thousands of hours of video on demand. So really something different than uh, any, anybody else ha you know, has done in this industry. A lot of people say, well, I, I still don't really know what you guys do. And uh, you, you talk about um, Kramer a little bit, uh, which I'm sure you've heard of. And, yeah. and so while it's yeah. So while it's not um, it's not standing here just talking about whether to buy or sell a stock. Instead, it's it's teaching strategies um, in in real time so that people understand how to apply it. So when we talk about making finance fun and actionable, um, it's it's far beyond just um, doing like analysis on a stock. What we do is we actually. Uh, teach different strategies so that anybody, and I say anybody, so this is like you and me and your neighbors and your friends and family. I mean, we we appeal to a, um, the we call it the retail investor, which means uh, anybody who could have a brokerage account and uh, place a trade on their own behalf. And so we give them that 
uh, I'll, I'll call it education, even though we don't call ourselves education, but we give them that, uh, we empower them through knowledge, really, and um, and then actually show them how to apply it. <laughs> we've, we've often said, you know, people can watch CNBC and news, uh, you know, the news and hear what's going on in, in a public company, but yet not really understand what they can do in their own portfolio. Sure. And so, yeah, so it's... Um, that's really uh, we started out and you know with just a uh, just an hour or two of content and we've built up to eight hours live and then we post all we post everything so uh, a couple years into it though we wanted to give our customers um, more than just uh, I'm gonna call it a one-dimensional uh, a one-dimensional experience so we created dough which is a front-end trading platform and we you know we we built thinkorswim previously um and i you know tom really put his heart and soul into thinkorswim uh prior where coming from uh being a trader on the floor really built a software uh package that was built for active traders well now fast forward to dough we actually approached this differently and we made it far more visual and and made it um, easier to jump in and understand some of these complex concepts so we've taken these complex concepts and made them simple by creating visual um, a, a visual interactive uh, technology for them so they can actually watch the show and I'll say play along but it's it's, <laughs> it's far more than that it's taking your money and learning you know learning how to invest uh, in a strategic way and based on statistics not um, not just choosing you know a stock uh, and, and you know that's I'll, I'll say one other thing which I think is important to our core of what we've built here and that is uh, many, you know, many people give their money to money managers over, you know, over time thinking that those money managers know something they don't. Mm -hmm. But in reality, those those stocks that they're picking, you know, they have a 50-50 chance of making money. They could go up or could go down a, in a short amount of time. And so, so we we try to basically um, teach a logical mechanical approach to investing and using probability based, so that you uh, you can actually increase your probability of success by using you know other derivative products. And again, we teach all of that from you know our content is everything from for beginner all the way to advanced, um, and for millennials all the way to to retirees. Um, but I hope that gives you a little sense of what we do. There, a lot of people say, "What are your, you know, who's your competition?" And we're sort of creating a a new space. We're in the content era now, and so we've applied the content and the technology together, which makes it incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. So, and just to um, recap that, especially with Doe, it sounds like it's you're letting the individual be in the driver's seat versus handing over the money to be managed by someone else. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's okay. exactly right. That's a really great way to say it. You know, and I feel like from as a millennial standpoint and um, from an investing standpoint, I, I'm i seeing this shift among my friends that would much rather take their money and do it themselves on an online platform because we grew up in an internet era where we're totally fine putting our social security number out into the black hole and running everything and having the freedom on, on our phone and our app versus 
necessarily meeting face to face with uh, a large institution that we give our money to. And then, oh, by the way, there's an expense that comes out every quarterly and we're or every quarter. And we're like, why is this so high? What is going on? And all, I mean, to piggyback on that as well, going back to even when you started in accounting and the financial place, um, being a woman in that industry, in a male dominate, dominated industry in the beginning, talking about feelings, emotions, and thoughts, were, were there any, was there anything that stood out to you through your journey that you really had to define yourself just as an individual and um, look at it differently because maybe you were a woman and you were many, like one of few? Yeah, um, and that's a good question. And really, over the course of my career, being in the in and around the financial markets, and then of course um, the technology layered on top of that. Yeah, I mean those are those are male dominated um, you know worlds, right? But I I will go back all the way to uh, to my first job out of college with being a public accountant. I I I'll, I'm going to call myself lucky, but I. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to have a a partner who was male um, sort of take me under his wing, but it was also because I, I I kept asking questions. I mean, I was I was very inquisitive, and so so sort of um, coming to the table, having a voice. I don't have to necessarily be making the statement, but as long as I'm asking a question and learning and and garnering as much information as I can, that's enough of having a voice to be invited to the table. Um, but it's one of the things that he told me, and it was in our first week of starting out of college. And this is something that holds true with me today. And I repeat it often is he, he said to our start group at the time, he said, listen, opportunity is all around you pay attention. And it was, it really stuck with me over the course of time. My, I think probably what I didn't realize until a little bit later in my career was, Oh my God, it doesn't drop in your lap though. You actually have to, you have to grab it. So yeah, opportunities all around you, but you have to actually grab that and and be the one that's that's willing to run with it. And so um, so that's something that holds true today. And I share that sort of piece of advice with with other women and and other people. I mean, you know, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those you know those two things right there, recognizing that that opportunity is all around you, and also really coming to the um, coming to the table, having a voice, asking questions is is vitally important. And while having having women mentors, I think is important because there's some unique hurdles you you run into. Um, it's also important to to have a male advocating for you because uh, it's it's uh, it's there are plenty of. Um, male mentors out there that are that are willing um, to to open the seat, you know, next to them, uh, as long as you're you're coming in showing that you have value to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when you were talking about opportunities all around you, I have two follow up questions to that. So one, how do you determine which opportunity to go after? And then number two, was there was there ever an opportunity that you passed on that you wish you hadn't? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think one of the uh, when opportunities all around you, right? They can be small, they can be they can be you know substantial. Uh, it's really about uh, it's really about weighing the cost and benefit of that particular opportunity, right? It's about is this something that I that I want to do? I um, another thing I say all the time, and you know I've seen it on on. Um, you know, seen it on notebooks and journals and, you know, posted in, in many places, but it's that, that do what you love, love what you do. Uh, and the reason I really believe in that is because you spend a majority of your time doing it. So when you're looking at these different opportunities, you say, is that something that, that I can be passionate about? Is that something that I'm going to love, that I'm going to um, want to get up every morning and do every single day? Right. And so, um, so I think that that's, you know, vitally important sort of in that opportunity process. The other thing is, is, is weighing the, the positives and negatives. It's sort of, um, you don't necessarily have to sit down and do a PowerPoint for yourself doing a SWOT analysis, <laughs> sort of the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and strengths, but you do it mentally and you, you need a sort need to sort of weight some of those. Um, and over time there, there are things that you recognize that, um, you, you can evaluate it, you know, much faster, you know, the, the older you get, the more experiences you have. Um, on your second question about are there opportunities that I, I look back and, and later wish that I had um, taken them up, I, you know, think that's a tough one. I don't, I don't think so. Um, because when there are, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I think just the way that I'm wired and the way that I generally approach things, if I recognize later that I've sort of missed that opportunity, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'd go back and touch base with, you know, whoever it was or wherever it was that that sort of presented the opportunity or find a way to um, be connected to that somehow going forward, even though it might not have been the exact opportunity um, prior. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Absolutely. What do you um, what's like the what's been the biggest financial risk that you've taken with whether it's been with your company or just as a personal um, as like Christy herself that's taking maybe like a career path and maybe it's not a risk. It's just it's that jump that maybe most people wouldn't take. But you're like, I'm going out of the limb and I'm going to do this and I'm going to I'm just going to jump. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um I think that there's um, what else. What I'll share with you is is something that I think uh, would apply here. And I don't. I don't know if you've read the article called "The Confidence Gap." Um, it was written in the Atlantic a couple years ago. I want to say like May of 2014. It's an excellent article, and it's about. Um, it, it it talks about sort of the differences of males and females and how they approach uh, different uh, different scenarios and different opportunities. And um, generally, the male will jump in and uh, take on an opportunity or a job that he maybe is only you know seventy percent or or sixty percent um, qualified for. While a woman uh, who may have the same qualifications would not even ever think of applying until they're like you know ninety or hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we, have right, more, right. we don't have seven years; we have nine years for that job description. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the guy's like, exactly. oh, it says seven and I've got mm, four, but I could probably stretch it to six. I'm going to apply anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
And so it's um, so it's something that, uh, you know, over the course of my career, um, you know, jumping into a, a CFO role at, at a young age. I mean, I was only out of college for like three years and and jumping into that. I again, my mentor was sort of helping me and guiding me and saying, why would why would you not go for that opportunity? Um, and it was one of those things that I was lucky enough to have him going. He believes that I have the level of talent. I'm going to do this. Um, and so, uh, so, so I think that that was one of those things. Had I not had that initial, um, push or, or confidence coming from somebody else, I, you know, I'd look back and I go, I, I don't know if I would have made that leap, but in doing that and knowing that I would be able to sort of, um, tackle each task and know I'd be able to to accomplish and learn. I think that that helped me get through that. So so I'll fast forward, you know, taking different um, CFO positions throughout my career, even even in starting um, even in starting Tasty Trade early on um, when uh, Tom Sosnoff and I were talking about this and, and he said, you know, really, he said, you should run this. He's like, I want to be on air. And it was that moment where instead of coming in as, uh, you know, as the CFO going, yeah, you know what, I, I've I've done all the strategic aspects. I've done deals. I've done, um, you know, I, I ran, uh, you know, I essentially ran a couple companies through the seat of a uh, CFO and taking that leap. It, I had I had the confidence to do it going, I know I'll be able to figure it out or surround myself with other people that uh, that can help. So it's really about finding that level of confidence um, because, you know, confidence, confidence doesn't equal competence, but it does uh, equal sort of perceived competence, right? Mm -hmm. You still have to have a level of understanding and knowing what to do, but um, but but for the things you don't know, you don't have to be 100% perfect there. There's people around you that can help you. And and as long as you have sort of that inquisitive mind, uh, you, you'll you be able to figure it out. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, that's, hundred, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I like I had a similar experience where I was working on a project and it was there were three guys and then it was is me. And I've, I've always considered myself a pretty a confident person and but I had realized that there I the guys that I was working with and they were all fantastic and great but I just noticed that they were taking like even bigger risks and they're like oh we'll figure it out and I'm like oh my gosh like this is this is so fascinating to me and it's I'm gonna I can't wait to go back and, and read that article in the Atlantic uh, when it comes to life in general and being a business owner and I know you have a family and, and everything but I'm I'm just really curious about the mindset and how people prioritize things that they do and how they say yes to things and how they say no to things so do you have a method that helps you um, like get through the day or do you have like a morning routine or do you have like an app that you use that you absolutely love that just like is a game changer for your life yeah, I um yeah, I I I do. I have three children. Um I have a wonderful husband. I um I love what I do. Uh I I am I am by far a a morning person. Mm -hmm. I am uh I am, I often say I'm up before the sun. I, that's when I get to, you know, I don't get much me time. And so I consider that my me time. So whether I'm working out, I make sure that I'm, 
uh, I prepare a, a, a nice uh, spread, a nice breakfast for my kids every single day uh, for my family. And that's one of those things that I feel like I have been consistent all of these years with them. And, and it's, it, while it sounds simple, it's one of those things that I think holds true that it's something they can rely on day in, day out. Um, the, um, so working out, making sure that we're, the family is like eating healthy and I'm done with all of that, you know, basically making breakfast, lunch and dinner before they make, they wake up and <laughs> preparing it. <laughs> And getting ready for their day as well uh, is is something that's sort of ingrained in my uh, in my routine, um, my morning routine. Uh, the um, I manage my life through email and my calendar, and I don't know what I'd do without my iPhone. I mean, I it's it's basically attached to me. If I could have it, um, you know, surgically put into my arm, I would. <laughs> I'm sure that's not far off. Yeah, I know. I actually saw a picture of that somewhere. I was like, oh my God, that's what I want. You're like, can I sign up? I know Google Maps is already, once you bring it up, it's saying, oh, 14 minutes till home. And you're like, this is creepy. (laughs) Right. But it's, um, but absolutely, I I manage, uh, you know, my life through that. I mean, Google calendars and just so that we can have all of our calendars organized and, and be in contact, I think is so, you know, is so important. Um, the, uh, I guess that, you know, those are some of the, those are some of the things that, uh, while, while they sound basic, um, it, it helps me accomplish, you know, things faster. I'm also one of those people that I'm not, um, uh, I go to my closet and I have everything that's pretty much black. So I don't ever have to worry about, you know, it's black and gray. So I don't have to worry about, you know, matching or being, you know, overly fashionable. I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> I love that though. I always, I'm like in my head, I'm always thinking about that because I follow, like, I see all these like women and I'm like, gosh, they're so fashionable. But I'm like, I can't make a decision if I have too many options in my closet. So I'm like, let's just go with the regular, like, same thing and not have to think about it and get overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where I don't want to spend a lot of time doing that. I don't, it doesn't matter to me that much. Um, and if I'm wearing a black dress and, and black heels or I'm wearing jeans and a black blazer or a gray blazer, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Okay. I got a few more questions. Uh, one is what are the tasks like in terms of your business that you, you do that just light your energy up? And then what are some of the tasks that you find that you're like, okay, it drains my energy. I need to outsource this. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good question. I, one of the things, one of the things that I'll say on, on draining energy, um, and this really goes more from like a philosophy of, of culture. Mm -hmm. If, and listen, there, you know, the more employees you add, uh, you know, the more, uh, the, the more, um, different personalities you get and different approaches and, 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 and so keeping a very flat organization yet still keeping people accountable is something that is, um, is, is definitely a, it's a challenge. But one of the things that I believe so strongly in is whenever there's a sense of, of I'll call it negativity, um, I, I squash it right away and I jump in and, and make sure that there is open communication and transparency because a majority of the time you find that negativity can sort of bubble up 
when there's not enough communication happening and when there's and you find out that it's really like not as big of a deal as people have sort of made it out to be right Mm -hmm. and and so there's um that's one thing that i think can completely not only drains energy um but it's it's you know it it creates um non-productive environments and so that's something that i feel so strongly about that anytime you know people are like i'm sorry i'm even telling you about this i'm like you know what i'm glad you are let's just let's just jump at it and and figure it out and find out why and um you know and and open that line of communication because i'm positive it's not as bad as it sounds (laughs) (laughs) yes so, but as far as on the, on the tasks of, of positive, I mean, I, I, I truly love everything that we're doing here. And it's, um, uh, when it gets to a point where you're, I, I, I like to be able to have, um, uh, let's just call it things that are tend to be tedious, be able to have processes here. Listen, like my closet, when I go and I get dressed in the morning, <laughs> you know, things that, that you don't need to spend or waste energy on or time on, make sure there's a good, clean process for it, mm-hmm. but don't ever stop questioning or, um, you know, asking why are we doing it this way? I think that's something that is, uh, you know, in, in empowering every single employee to sort of do that on both sides of the scale is, um, is important and is refreshing and, and has, um, created a lot of positive energy because it empowers employees to, to make good decisions and feel okay about asking why we're doing something a particular way. Um, you know, one of the things that just lights me up is when I see uh, an employee come to the table with just an amazing idea and they've thought through, hey, this is why I think it fits our strategy. This is why I think we should do it and be able to just say, let's do it. You you run with it. You own it. And um, let's make it happen. And I think that that's probably just one of those things that are is the most rewarding uh, thing to to see. It's like having kids and being being able to teach them and give them the guardrails and watching them make their own decisions and, and make smart choices. Yeah, and riding that bicycle without any training wheels, and you're like, yes, yeah, I'm doing it, all right? I mean, that especially the building a business and, a, and employees, the thing that I've learned from working with companies is that getting them to think instead of telling them what to do, getting them to come up with the, the problem, the solution on their own. Okay, last question. Christy, what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Oh, um... Um, what am I most proud of? I guess I would say, um, I not, not having, not having any regrets, mm. like being willing to, to jump in and, um, be okay with taking risks. Um, life's too short. Uh, so I think that that's probably what I'm most proud of is looking back going, I, you know, I don't really have, I don't have any regrets. I mean, the only, th- the only regrets, I, I wish I could cut myself in 10. <laughs> clone you well that might also be coming as well in the future (laughs) yeah oh my gosh well that is that is solid and fantastic advice so i'm gonna i'm gonna let it land right there and we'll we'll end the conversation but i just want to thank you so much i know your schedule is complete is like insanely busy with everything that you got going on so i really appreciate it and i know the audience and my listeners will really appreciate it as well so thank you christy and i just fantastic being on the show yeah, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it, and um, uh, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate you including me in it. So yeah. thanks so much. Absolutely. Talk soon. Bye bye. 
Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.